It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. Up ahead on the California Report, the Biden administration takes on California's recent law banning private companies from operating immigration detention centers. We'll take a brief look at local headlines and weather before Keith Porter interviews Carly Pacheco and Carl Sigman of the Freed Organization. Then, Felton Pruitt speaks to Marnie Marshall of the Grass Valley Downtown Association. We close tonight with commentary from Waste Management Public Sector Manager Shabati Karki Pearl. This is the California Report. I'm Lily Jamali. A group of current and former fire experts is pushing back against proposed reforms to California's fire safety regulations. They say the changes will put first responders and residents at risk. KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer reports. In a letter to Cal Fire's Board of Forestry and Fire Protection, 18 federal, state, and local wildfire professionals warn the changes to the current wildfire safety standards will be too risky. The signers point to proposals that would allow new roads to be six feet narrower than the current standard and permit longer dead-end roads. They say those changes can prove deadly during firefighting and evacuations. Doug Lease is a retired U.S. forest official who coordinated the letter. It sets up a situation trying to get fire equipment to a fire and people evacuating and uh, they couldn't pass one another on the road. Well, that's unconscionable. But Tracy Ryan of RCRC, which represents rural counties, says without appropriate regulations, affordable housing development will be stifled. It takes swaths of these rural areas out of, you know, commission to build on, to increase your business, to rebuild. Lease and his firefighter colleagues say weakening the rules, even to spur more affordable housing, would be dangerous. To uh, go ahead and do that, knowing that you're uh, just got a dastardly situation set up for both firefighters and residents. The state says it's continuing to take public comment on the matter. One thing everyone agrees on, the current regulations, which have been in place for 30 years, need to be updated. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. Well, it's looking like a real possibility that California school districts will have to offer an at-home study option to students who don't want to return to the classroom this fall. KQED's Guy Marzarati has more. In-person learning will be the default for the state's public schools this year under a budget agreement between Governor Newsom and legislative leaders. But lawmakers expect some students will want to keep learning outside of school because of concerns related to the pandemic. Details of the budget deal released Monday require districts to offer remote students a connected device and daily live interactions with their teachers. In this new-look independent study, students will need to show progress with their classwork in order to keep learning from home. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. Turning to immigration, President Joe Biden has pledged to end for-profit detention. That's what California aimed to do with its recent state law called AB 32. But as KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports, the Biden administration is fighting that law in court. AB 32 bans private companies from operating detention centers after the contracts with U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement expire. The Trump administration sued California to invalidate the law a few days after it went into effect in January 2020. But if AB 32 survives in court, it could transform the way ICE does business, not just here, but nationwide, says State Attorney General Rob Bonta, who authored the laws and assemblymen. 
it was always the hope that others would replicate what California has done and also ban for-profit private prisons and detention centers, which are inhumane, unjust, unsafe, unfair. California argues that private detention facilities pose, quote, an unacceptable danger to detainees and that the state has the right to regulate industries within its borders. But nearly all ICE detainees in California are held at for-profit facilities, and the federal government says AB 32 interferes with its authority to do immigration enforcement. Here's attorney Mark Stern with the U.S. Department of Justice at a court hearing last month. The Supreme Court, this court, and other courts have all held that restrictions on the government's ability to carry out its operations using contractors are impermissible when they are far less intrusive than this case. Southern California Congresswoman Norma Torres says it's time for the Biden administration to drop the lawsuit against AB 32. It's important for us as legislators uh, representing a state of, you know, California to stand up for the wishes of our state. She and two dozen other members of Congress wrote to the U.S. Attorney General to say pursuing that lawsuit goes against Biden's stated goal. At a rally in Georgia to mark his first 100 days in office, Biden addressed protesters in the crowd and repeated his campaign pledge. There should be no private prisons, period. None, period. That's what they're talking about, private detention centers. They should not exist, and we are working to close all of them. Meanwhile, the Biden administration has requested nearly $2 billion from Congress to keep the immigration detention system pretty much intact. That worries Jackie Gonzalez with Immigrant Defense Advocates in Sacramento. His decision to side with private prison companies won by continuing to pursue Trump's litigation against the state of California and two, failing to like make good on his campaign promises are, is something that no one is going to forget. And he has the opportunity to reverse course. But thus far, his behavior has been a betrayal. Congresswoman Torres and State Attorney General Bonta say they hope the Biden administration will work with California on this one and consider alternatives to jailing immigrants for the civil violation of not having valid papers. These are civil cases. and. Uh, folks don't need to be detained at all. They can um, come to all of their hearings and and go through whatever process is part of their individualized case uh, without being uh, detained and without uh, taxpayers wasting resources on locking people up in cages. An ICE spokesperson says the agency won't comment on litigation, but that ICE needs operational flexibility to house people in its custody. The White House and the U.S. Department of Justice did not return requests for comment. For The California Report, I'm Farida Javala romero Support for The California Report comes from Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. The law firm Perkins Coie, a trusted legal advisor to innovative companies and industry leaders throughout California and the world. Learn more at PerkinsCOIE.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. 
That is the California Report for this Wednesday, July 7th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening and have a great day. A young couple was wounded by gunfire around 2 p.m. this afternoon while driving on I-5 just south of Elk Grove. The Sacramento Bee reports CHP dispatchers received a call from a man claiming he had just been struck by gunfire. The driver's neck was grazed by a bullet while the passenger suffered gunshot wounds to her left arm and possibly right hand. Their six-month-old child, also in the vehicle, was not injured. Around 1.40 this afternoon, the union reported authorities en route to the 2200 block of Perimeter Road in South Nevada County, responding to a probable fatality. Details remain unknown at this time. Eastbound Interstate 80 in Placer County, west of Blue Canyon, is currently closed due to a burning vehicle. According to Gold Run CHP, the car began burning shortly after 1 p.m. and has multiple propane tanks that, as of yet, have not exploded. Officials and CAL FIRE workers are trying to secure a safe proximity around the vehicle. Nevada County Sheriff's Search and Rescue found the body of John Stewart yesterday in a pond on a property off Retract Way in Grass Valley. The Sacramento Bee reports his Doberman puppy was waiting near the pond's edge when officials came upon the scene. Stewart had been suffering from memory loss in addition to other medical issues. Nevada County deputies allege there are no outward signs of foul play, but a thorough coroner's investigation and autopsy will be completed to determine the precise cause of death. Starting today, one-way traffic control will be in effect around the clock on Highway 174 between Ubet Road and Greenhorn Access Road. Caltrans will be working on a project to widen both lanes through July 28. Motorists are advised to expect 20-minute delays when passing through the construction zone area. California will soon reinstate funding subsidies aiming to encourage drivers to buy electric vehicles. However, Governor Newsom's original proposal to eliminate payouts and shift spending to programs encouraging low-income residents to trade in older, heavily polluting cars has been replaced with a $2,000 incentive on new electric vehicles. The SF Chronicle reports will go mostly to buyers with annual incomes over $100,000. 235 volunteers removed nearly 1,500 pounds of trash from Lake Tahoe during the League to Save Lake Tahoe's annual July 5th beach cleanup. The group cleared cigarette butts, bottle caps, and beach toys along with other debris from several of the lake's beaches. And now for regional weather. Another heat wave is well on its way. Dry conditions and dangerously hot temperatures are expected by the end of the week. The National Weather Service cautions triple-digit temperatures will be widespread. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 64. Tomorrow, sunny and hot with a high near 96. The National Weather Service has issued an excessive heat warning for the foothills beginning at noon on July 9th until July 12th at 9 p.m. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 52. Tomorrow will be sunny with a high near 86. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 59. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and hot, with a high near 102. Up next, Keith Porter speaks to Freed Organizations, Executive Director Carly Pacheco, and Disability Community Advocate Carl Sigmund about the July 8th Annual Conference on Aging and Disability Resource Connection. I'm talking today with two members of the staff at FREED, and FREED is an organization in Nevada County that promotes independence and self-determination for people with disabilities. And so those people are Carly Pacheco, 
who has been with Freed for a number of years, but is now executive director, and Carl Sigmund, who is the disability community advocate for Freed. So Carl and Carly, uh, welcome to KVMR. Thanks so much for having us. It is great to be with you, Keith. Freed has a number of services. Uh, I know you list on your website, peer support, independent living services, assistive technology, transition services, individual advocacy. We do a ton of things. You're pointing out what is our strength, Keith, right? Because we can be really flexible to meet the needs of the community. But it's also a challenge, I think, sometimes for people to know what we do because it's so broad. We want to support folks with disabilities to live the way they want to live. And then we also do a lot of community advocacy. So that's Carl's role with us, right, is that he's working on systems and how can systems better support folks with disabilities and be more inclusive. Carl, tell us, what does your work involve on a a daily basis? What is it that you you do that uh, contributes to Freed in that way? Thank you. And before I get there, I just want to add one more piece that you didn't mention, Keith, which is emergency preparedness. We are doing more and more work every year helping our community prepare for public safety power shutoff events and prepare for the risk of wildfire. But to your question of what do I do, that's a big question, but as Carly said, I work at a systems level to advocate for policies and practices that improve the lives of older adults and people with disabilities. And then part of my work is just responding to local issues as they arise, speaking at city council meetings, board of supervisors meetings. Again, advocating for us to be able to live the lives we want to live in our community. And I know you have something coming up that's uh, very important on uh, July 8th, a conference that Freed is helping to sponsor. It's going to be by Zoom. Tell us about the event. So this is, we've put on an annual Aging and Disability Resource Connection Conference. It's a partnership between an independent living center like Freed and an area agency on aging. So how do we bring older adult services and, and disability services together, knowing that the functional needs of those two groups of people are often the same. And we can kind of make access to services a little more fluid and reduce some barriers for people to get what they need. So as a part of that initiative, we've put on a conference every year for the past four or five years. And this year we're focusing on the master plan for aging and kind of how we can bring that Uh, state initiative local. And I'll let Carl talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so the master plan for aging is this really exciting document. It is the culmination of over a year of work by advocates across the state, including our very own vice mayor of Grass Valley, Jen Arbuckle and our former executive director, Anna Acton. But what it really is is a 10-year plan to make the state of California more age and disability friendly. Keith, the fact is that the population in California is getting older. We see this especially here in Nevada County. And the fact also is that many of the functional needs of older adults and people with disabilities are the same. So this plan is really a master plan for aging and disability. And this conference on July 8th is when we are going to jumpstart local implementation of this master plan here in our county. 
and uh, tell us how someone can um, can participate in this event. You can just go to our homepage, free.org, and the link to the conference is right at the top. If you don't have a computer or internet, you can still participate in the conference by calling in, but you do need to register, and you can do that by calling Freed at 530-477-3333. Excellent. I've been talking today with Carl Sigmund, who is the Disability Community Advocate for Freed, and Carly Pacheco, who's the new Executive Director of Freed, bringing all kinds of important services and uh, programs to service uh, folks in Nevada County who want to stay living independently as far as possible, folks with disabilities, folks who are aging. So wonderful services for our aging community. So thank you very much, Carl and Carly, for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Keith. We appreciate the opportunity to share. That was Keith Porter speaking to Carly Pacheco and Carl Sigmund of the Freed Organization. The Freed Organization promotes independence and self-determination for people with disabilities. You can listen to Keith's full interview on our website, kvmr.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Felton Pruitt as he speaks to the Grass Valley Downtown Association's Marnie Marshall as they discuss this season's Thursday night markets and second Saturday art walks. We're talking with Marnie Marshall from the Grass Valley Downtown Association. They've got some great events coming up in Grass Valley. We thought we'd check in with you, Marnie, and find out about them. Well, thanks. We've got lots of stuff going on. Our events are up and running and we've got Thursday night markets that are on Mill and Main and South Auburn continuing on Thursdays to the end of July. So those are six to nine. And every week we have different band play in the beer and wine garden. We've got music all up and down the streets. So entertainment all over, sometimes some dancing. And yeah, if you want to see our schedule of entertainment, it's at downtowngrassvalley.com. We've also got great local beers and wines in our beer and wine garden. Lots of great craft vendors and farmers. And then we've been doing a second Saturday art walk since February in downtown, but it's definitely gained a bunch of vendors that are on the street as the weather got nice. And um, yeah, we've got a lot of art in the stores, on the walls, all over the place. And we've created a downtown Grass Valley art map where you can view that art at any time. You can decide you want to look in the galleries or learn more about the murals. But the second Saturday art walk is specifically every second Saturday, 11 to 3. And it's mostly centered on Mill Street, but there are other great venues like the Center for the Arts that you have to go see. So you just have to walk up the block. We've got the Louvre down on Main Street. We've got Art and Grass Valley Brewing Company. So all over. And... If you want to visit artists in person, we have them on the street, 11 to 3. We are just really excited to feature all the great art we have down here. So there's no tickets to buy. It's free to attend our events, Art Walk and Thursday Night Market. You just come on down and check out what's new and happening down here. Hey, if people are a little challenged as far as getting on the computer, is there a phone number they can call and get more information about downtown Grass Valley? Absolutely. You can call us on the office at 530-272-8315. Once again, what's the uh, website? You can visit our website, downtowngrassvalley.com. We're also on social media on Facebook at Historic Grass Valley and on Instagram 
at Grass Valley Downtown Association. We've been talking with Marnie Marshall from the Grass Valley Downtown Association. Thanks for all the info, Marnie. Thanks, Felton. Appreciate it. We close tonight with commentary on organic waste from Public Sector Manager for Waste Management, Shivati Karki-Pearl. Shivati is part of the sustainability team and eager to provide answers and education on recycling right. She welcomes conversations with community groups who wish to talk trash. Join her on the Facebook group, Waste Not Nevada County. You will hear the terms green waste and yard waste used alternatively. The meaning of food waste is clear in itself, and organic waste encompasses all of the above. Currently, we do not have an active food waste program in Nevada County, but that is about to change. What we consider as trash is constantly evolving as improved technologies and research find new ways to use materials to fight climate change and provide sustainable solutions to waste. In the 1960s and 70s, recycling became a common practice as we learned that certain materials like aluminum had value. It is undeniably better for the environment if these items were processed rather than taken to the landfill. As we move into the 21st century, attention turned to organic material. It was quickly realized that materials such as landscape trimmings, food scraps, and food soil paper were valued commodities that could be turned into compost for use as natural fertilizer or processed to create a renewable energy source. Further impetus was given by eye-opening statistics of food waste as outlined by organizations such as RTS, which is Recycled Track Systems. To give you an example from their website, rts.com, United States discards more food than any other country in the world, nearly 40 million tons per year, and this equates to 219 pounds of waste per person. In 214, California passed the groundbreaking AB 1826 law that mandated separation of organic materials from the trash for certain commercial properties. Eventually, a new law was passed, SB 1383, which requires all properties in California to separate organics from trash. This regulation goes into effect on January 1, 2022. While we have an active yard waste collection and disposal program, the McCourtney Road Transfer Station is still going through renovation that will add a disposal and transfer area for food waste, among other improvements. While uh, within a few months, Waste Management plans to launch a curbside food scraps and food soil paper collection service for commercial customers. Needless to say, Waste Management in Nevada County have not only been diligently working to create infrastructure and solutions to keep pace with the goals outlined by the state, we are also currently exploring affordable solutions for our residential customers. While awaiting the launch of the formal food waste disposal program, residential and commercial customers can immediately make a difference by subscribing to the green waste collection service provided by waste management. Landscape trimmings, grass clippings, pruning waste, untreated wood waste, and other shrubbery are collected by waste management. They're sent to a third party, which is turning them into landscape materials such as mulch. At this moment, do not throw your food waste in with your yard waste. Also remember, just like your recycling cans, organic separation only works if we avoid placing contamination in our yard waste containers. So items such as food, treated wood, dirt, invasive plants like blackberries and scotch broom, or hard-to-shred items like palm leaves make it more difficult or impossible 
for the processor to create high quality products that will eventually come back to our yards. Starting now, keeping all your items separate from trash gives Nevada County a head start in reaching state mandated goals for a separate organics waste stream. It also helps in fight against wildfires by encouraging the removal of brush around our properties and by turning these items into landscaping products. Where food waste is concerned, many Nevada County residents are ahead of the curve by composting in their own backyards, donating to the food bank, and participating in fruit gleaning initiatives, or even feeding scraps to backyard farm animals and poultry. There are many resources available locally, with organizations such as Master Gardeners of Nevada County, as well as Sierra Harvest to help you with composting and sharing of any excess fruit. The diversion of food waste from our trash cans aids in the reduction of greenhouse gases from the landfill and allows for the recovery of edible food to address food insecurity in communities. And by making an effort in our homes and offices today, we will be prepared when more stringent regulations become mandatory. I invite you to join the conversation and ask your questions on Facebook at the public group called Waste Not Nevada County. That's our newscast for tonight, Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. We get support from Carmen's Garden and Greenhouse, locally owned since 2012 on Loma Rica Drive, Grass Valley. Stocking greenhouse frames, coverings and components, down-to-earth amendments and IPM products. Open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, K-A-R-M-E-N-S, garden.com. And Tripp's Auto Body Shop, locally owned and operated by the Tripp family. Offering collision, dent, automotive frame repair and detailing for over 65 years. Open weekdays, 8 to 5, Freeman Lane, Grass Valley. T-R-I-P-P-S autobody.com Stay tuned. Coming up next at 6.30 is The Sages Among Us with Paul Cummings of Nevada County OES. Then at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. Thanks for listening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off.